and welcome to this evidence-based nursing podcast. I'm delighted to introduce our commentary author today, Dr. Anish Bashir from the Departments of General Medicine and Medical Education at the Pondicherry Institute of Medical Sciences in India. And Dr. Bashir is going to be talking about a paper that he wrote a commentary on for evidence-based nursing journal. Uh, it was a paper by Baghdadi and colleagues looking at adherence to the SEP1 sepsis bundle in hospital onset versus community onset sepsis. And Dr. Bashir is going to be taking us through how that multi-centre retrospective cohort study, which was published in the Journal of General Internal Medicine, was completed. Um, Dr. Bashir, welcome to this EDN podcast. Thank you, David. Um, I just wondered if you could you could start off by um, telling us a little bit about why this study is such an important area to look at. So it focused on sepsis and the use of sepsis bundles. Could you just, just let our listeners know why that's such an important area for research? It is, it is quite well known that sepsis is an important cause of morbidity and mortality worldwide. Depending on severity, we all know that sepsis could kill somebody. It could range anywhere between 10 to 50% according to recent studies. And several papers have also identified that mortality from hospital onset sepsis is almost twice compared to community onset sepsis. And there is a whole lot of burden of evidence that supports an early aggressive strategy of resuscitation for better outcomes in sepsis and the widely accepted early goal-directed treatment of septic shock that has been adapted differently by different countries and agencies to maximize benefits in the initial few hours of sepsis. So this SEP1 is such a strategy that includes completion of several critical steps. So these steps are together termed as a bundle and so since this bundle is related to sepsis, we call it a sepsis bundle. And this has been adopted by the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Here, henceforth, we'll refer to as CMS. What we know for sure is that when you implement such sepsis bundles, they work well for patients who come with sepsis from the community. However, its value in hospital onset sepsis is unclear. The CMS, however, continues to recommend SCP-1 bundle for any type of sepsis. So adherence to sepsis bundle may differ between people who come with sepsis from the hospital or from the community as evidenced by a few small studies. So that is why this, this study is very important because it looked carefully at that problem, whether hospital onset sepsis has a better or lesser adherence to this sepsis bundle. And it is of greater value here because we all know that hospital onset sepsis has a higher mortality already and non-adherence to this sepsis bundle may be potentially detrimental. Okay, so, so before we start talking about what the, what the key findings were, because as you say, it's, it's a really important question that needed answering. What, what type of approach did the researchers use to, to answer that question about the levels of adherence between hospital onset and community onset sepsis? In, in this study, Baghdadi and colleagues put forth a very important question. And that question is, does adherence to SCP-1 sepsis bundle differ significantly between sepsis cases arising in the community and those developing in the hospital? So in addition to this primary question, they also wanted to look at factors which might contribute to such a difference, if at all they found any difference. So to answer these questions, they used a retrospective cohort design accessing the electronic health records of adult patients with the hospital onset sepsis or community onset sepsis. The diagnosis of this sepsis was uh, obtained from the EHR 
of four university hospitals in California between 2014 and 2016. And they identified the time of diagnosis of sepsis, which they have termed as time zero from records and then validated it using an automated algorithm. And the major outcome that they looked for was adherence to the SCP-1 in patients with community and hospital onset sepsis. And now how did the authors define adherence? They defined it as fulfillment of four components within three hours of time zero and an additional two components within six hours of time zero. So I'll just quickly uh, list out the three R components, which included the blood cultures prior to antibiotics, broad spectrum antibiotics, serum lactate levels, intravenous crystalloid solutions in case of shock. And the two six R components of the bundle included repeat lactate values if initially they were abnormal and vasopressors if hypotension was refractory to fluids. Okay, and, and in terms of their findings then, so you've highlighted the, the primary outcomes, some of the secondary outcomes. Could you just perhaps take us through what the, what the key findings were and, and, and perhaps a, a little bit of insight as well, if possible, in terms of what some of the causative factors might be behind those findings? Baghdadi et al. found that overall adherence to SCP-1 was quite low. Actually, it was around 31% in the overall cohort they that they studied. Hospital onset sepsis was more likely to occur in young people, post-operative patients, and those with immunosuppression. They also found that only 13% of hospital onset sepsis received treatment according to sepsis bundle, whereas 46% of community onset sepsis patients received bundle adherent care. To put it in simpler terms, someone who developed sepsis in hospital was about 67% less likely to receive sepsis bundle adherent care compared to a person who got sepsis from the community. And when they looked at what factors could have led to poor adherence in this group, they found that post-operative patients and those with many comorbid diseases were at risk of not getting the bundle care. They were also more likely to get bundle care if they had fever or bacteremia. And one more interesting finding that uh, this study has shown is that even among the hospital onset sepsis patients, those who developed sepsis while in an ICU, intensive care unit, were more likely to get bundled care. And, and did, they, um, did the authors, or, or is it your reading of the findings, does that suggest any particular reasons why that might be the case? So you've mentioned a couple of issues there about the hospital onset um, patients having, having less likelihood of receiving the bundle, but some groups within there, particularly within intensive care, having, having higher likelihood. Is there any particular idea of why that might be the case? Yeah, uh, this study uh, had a few limitations, if I might tell at this point of time. Of and my major concern was related to the design, which is a retrospective cohort design. And any retrospective study is likely to suffer from the problems of incomplete and missing data. And this is more so if the data you need is not of a mandatory or standardized nature. The second problem is that they determine whether or not there was a CP1 adherence based on the time zero. And in a retrospective study, it would be very difficult to determine the actual time, point of start of the illness, and in this case, the start of or the onset of sepsis. And I believe that time zero estimation might have been even more difficult in patients who developed hospital onset sepsis. So unless the time zero determination was foolproof, 
the ACP adherence cannot be established with good degree of certainty. And the third thing is that there might be several confounders which could have influenced the results, including the type of hospital in which the patients got admitted, the expertise of the staff and the doctors at each center, the primary illness for which they got admitted, and so on. But what I appreciate in this paper by Baghdadi and co-workers are the robust statistical methods that they have used anticipating these issues. They have actually performed mixed effects regression analysis to identify factors independently associated with the outcomes. Like we have just narrated that those in the ICU probably get better bundled care. And the time zero issue also has been taken care of to a large extent by using a sensitivity analysis where they have used a 48 hour window from the actual time zero that they have used. So despite that sensitivity analysis, they found no change in the results, which means that uh, we could uh, be on the safer side uh, taking these results. The last thing is the issue of the biases arising out of different hospital settings and expertise also has been handled largely by an analysis that has been stratified based on hospital and admitting speciality. So on the whole, despite several lacunae in the design, these are inherent to the design study design, but the authors have done well to anticipate these issues and design the study uh, statistically so that the results could be valid. And, and as you highlighted earlier, it tells us some, some really important things about the management of patients with, with sepsis in, in hospital settings. Just in terms of, I suppose, what, what questions it leaves unanswered. So it highlights some, some core issues, but where, where do researchers in this area need to focus their efforts? What else do we need to know in relation to, to adherence to sepsis management? I'll answer that by beginning with what we already know now. What we now know from this paper is that people who develop sepsis in hospital are likely to get care that is not adherent to SCP-1 bundle. We also see that some subgroups of patients within this hospital onset sepsis may receive bundled care, like the ICU patients and those who present with fever. But what remains unanswered is whether this non-adherence actually affects mortality and morbidity outcomes, important morbidity outcomes like hospital stay, cost of treatment, etc. So if non-adherence really does not affect such outcomes, we really need to think and find out if SCP-1 adherence is really a valid quality indicator. As you said, it's a really important question to answer in terms of, in terms of outcomes for patients with sepsis. Um, I'd just like to, to thank you, Dr. Bashir, for giving your overviews of, of the, the, the primary paper in terms of its, its questions, its methods, its finding, its limitations, and, and where we need to go next in terms of researching this really important area of care. Um, just a reminder to listeners that Dr. Bashir's commentary can be found on the Evidence-Based Nursing website. Um, it's entitled, Patients with Hospital Onset Sepsis Are Less Likely to Receive Sepsis Bundle Care Than Those with Community Onset Sepsis. And the Evidence-Based Nursing Journal website is ebn.bmj.com. Thank you once again, Dr. Bashir. Thank you, David. Thank you.